Welcome to The Painted Garden with Kimberly Trowbridge. This is a podcast about color theory and the creative life. Hello, sentient beings. This is my very first episode of The Painted Garden, and I'm excited to be here with you. I am your host, Kimberly Trowbridge, and I'm here in my Top Hat studio, named after the neighborhood called Top Hat here in southwest Seattle, Washington. This podcast is a place for me to share some of my great loves with you, including art, color relationships, gardening, poetry, and the creative process of being in the world. I studied painting and poetry at Indiana University and thereafter received my Master of Fine Arts in Painting and Drawing from the University of Washington. I've been teaching and lecturing on color theory for over a decade, and I am currently the director of the Trowbridge Atelier, a multi-year painting program through Gage Academy of Art here in Seattle. Right now we are all at home in our shelter-in-place mode during this quarantine time. Just this morning, I was trying to think, how long has it been that we've been in this mode of living? And I think it's been about five weeks. A couple weeks ago, I accidentally blew a fuse trying to plug in a little space heater, and that ended up knocking our alarm clock off balance as well. And neither of us bothered to reset the clock and so just unplugged it. And so every time I go past that one clock that we did have in the house, I look at it and its black face stares back at me. And I think there's something about that that's indicative of where we are right now. Our sense of time and sense of place is certainly uh, renewed in a very, very different way. I've heard from some people that are experiencing the days as long and dragging, and others like myself that feel the wheel is spinning actually quite fast and that the sunrise to sunset goes too fast for me. There's too much I still want to do within the day. I think this time um, is really useful in a way, especially for an introverted, independent, creative person such as myself, where finally all my time is my own. And I get to delve into new projects that I've had on the back burner for a long time. For instance, this podcast, this space that I'm carving out for my voice to try to reach you and speak to you more directly. This quarantine time is also, I think, a time for a lot of people to start noticing some of the small gifts of daily life. A couple evenings ago, I was out on my back deck looking down at the deck of my neighbors and seeing them have a little bonfire going and snuggled up on the couch with their two-year-old daughter. And I don't think I've ever seen them look so happy and so united. Uh, Similarly, I've loved hearing the neighborhood kids playing in the streets. Um, It seems like a lot of people are getting down to some of the values that we've forgotten about. 
um, and starting to realize that a lot of the stuff that we do on a day-to-day basis or a lot of the work that we think we need to be doing is actually unnecessary and frankly distracting from the real work, the work of living each day, being present with the ones that we love, and being able to notice, again, the small daily things that surround us that are changing like nature. My backyard garden continues to be a source of great inspiration for me as a person and as a painter. All of my plants and yard props I set up as a kind of theater that informs my paintings. I'm keen on noticing all the changes each day and how the plants are coming up in this beautiful spring season, how each day they're different, how each day the colors that they reveal are changed, are responsive and interesting in relation to all of the other changes that are happening in the yard. I think of the backyard as kind of a great freeze, a sort of stage set of renaissance characters that are waiting to be part of my paintings. In particular, right now, I've been really, really excited about the tenacity of the golden hop vines that I planted a few years ago. They are so vastly growing and snake-like climbing up my backyard fence already over the top of the fence. The colors that they show us are so absolutely inspiring. A perfect complement set between yellow and violet. The leaves being greenish yellow, a kind of cold yellow. And the actual vines themselves, thick and durable, a beautiful warm purple, leaning towards a kind of magenta. These beautiful purple snakes with these yellowish green, dart-like, feather-like leaves. Another moment in the garden right now are the peonies that are thrusting up from the soil. At this point, already my peony starts are about mid-calf height. I love the reddish, rubbery look to them. So clearly new and fresh. And the incredible energy that they hold within them each day, taller and taller. These deep red ones in one neighborhood of my yard will eventually be these deep fuchsia, deep kind of magenta blossoms. Whereas in another part of my yard, the peony starts right now are a kind of pinkish brownish tone. And those are the peonies that are eventually going to blossom probably about a month from now into these wonderful light pink blossoms, the softness of which I love to rub all over my face. Easy to understand the drunken bumblebees buzzing and lazing about within those petals. A wonderful little bed, a kind of paradise. 
Another change that's happening in my yard right now that I adore is the shifting of my beautiful little cherry tree from flower to leaf. And I'm right in that transitional period with her right now where all of her light pink blossoms have started to fall and to form into new growth leaves while still holding on to a little bit of the indication of the blossoms that were in place. And it's these new leaves, the color of them, that I am so excited about. They're a kind of yellowy, warm, orangish, what I would call a mustardy green. Not like the bright yellow green that the leaves will eventually become, but this really specific stage of new growth that has this orangish yellow tint to it. And there's something about it that is so wonderful. When I look out my window in the morning, even if it's a cool or overcast morning, this warmish yellow green, it's almost like it's holding its own temperature orbit or light uh, atmosphere of its own. Like the light is emerging from within the plant itself. Like no matter the kind of day or the temperature outside, it is revealing a deep late summer kind of warm tone to it. And it's very, very inspiring the way she and her inner light that she's emitting really creates a whole atmosphere of interactions within the yard itself. I want to read to you a poem today called The Beautiful Changes by Richard Wilbur. The Beautiful Changes by Richard Wilbur. One wading a fall meadow finds on all sides the Queen Anne's lace lying like lilies on water. It glides so from the walker it turns dry grass to a lake. As the slightest shade of you valleys my mind in fabulous blue lucernes. The beautiful changes as a forest is changed by a chameleon's tuning his skin to it. As a mantis arranged on a green leaf grows into it, makes the leaf leafier, and proves any greenness is deeper than anyone knows. Your hands hold roses always in a way that says they are not only yours. The beautiful changes in such kind ways wishing ever to sunder things and things selves for a second finding, to lose for a moment all that it touches back to wonder. A dear friend of mine sent me this poem several years ago knowing that I would love it, knowing that I would respond 
to the incredible lucidity and back and forth from what nature is doing and how the colors and the forms and the living elements exchange places, change, uh, guide each other, are mutually dependent on each other. And there's something in this that is very, very much related to painting and to color theory for me, where when we are actively involved in noticing something, um, and in particular noticing relationships between things, that we start to become one of those elements as well that is in relationship to everything else that we're noticing. For instance, in this poem, I love the line, the beautiful changes as a forest is changed by a chameleon's tuning his skin to it. So that the forest itself is changed because the chameleon is tuning its skin to those greens that are in the forest. And so that interplay between two life forms mutually dependent on each other and informing each other. What I also love in this poem is from the title, the idea of the beautiful changes and how the word beautiful both operates as an adjective and as a noun. In the sentence that I just read, the beautiful changes as a forest is changed. Beautiful becomes a noun. The beautiful is the thing that is changing. And then later on in the poem, when, when Wilbur says, your hands hold roses always in a way that says they are not only yours. The beautiful changes in such kind ways also a noun, and yet in both of these cases, beautiful is the thing changing, but also change is beautiful. It's being described by the adjective coming before it, the beautiful changes. And it's where this poem ends up going towards the end, talking about wishing ever to sunder things and things selves for a second finding, to lose for a moment all that it touches back to wonder. To me, this idea of the second finding is what art is. It's this desire not only to witness, but to participate, to respond to life that surrounds us. And so as a poet, as a painter, one is finding it again, finding a new form to describe how this beautiful changes, how change is beautiful, how through the form of painting and poetry that that very form, that participation is an active reforming or a second finding of beauty. I find a lot of commonality in my response to experience uh, between painting in the studio or plein air painting in my yard and also 
the actual act of gardening itself. I find that in both instances, let's picture me in my studio mixing different relationships between colors. So I'm on my palette mixing paint, and I'm starting to place that paint onto the canvas, and I'm in a really responsive zone to how one color interacts with another color, and I'm allowing my body to start making decisions while allowing my mind to continue having its thoughts, often thoughts that can be judgmental of myself or my process or recalling a conversation from earlier that day. But painting is a space that I can go where my body and my senses can make intelligent creative decisions while my mind flows and trickles like a little river and continues moving but doesn't get in the way. I find similarly when I am gardening, when I'm kneeling on my knees on my little garden cushion and I'm pulling up weeds or I'm kind of collaging the earth by moving a plant here or there, transposing things, that as I'm gardening, my body and my senses are taking the driver's seat, that they understand and know what needs to happen without me consciously having to make decisions. It's like I'm in tune or listening to the plants, and my mind gets to trickle and move onwards. And I find that both of these acts, the painting and the gardening, are kind of like a massaging of the mind. They're allowing me to work through problems by placing my consciousness uh, kind of in the passenger seat or in the back seat and allowing my mind to work things out without having to have it in the conscious forefront, without having to have a real uh, conscious effort or leaning into it, because in truth, those problems usually are not all that interesting. And if we allow a space, or if we have options, like I'm uh, portraying painting and gardening for me, that these are options, these are theaters of creative space where I can go in order to allow those kind of details and anxieties of everyday life to kind of unknot themselves, to loosen their bind, and to work themselves out during and through this act of gardening and painting. Thank you so much for listening with me today. Again, my very first episode of The Painted Garden I am so excited to have this intimate space where I can talk with you. And I hope that you will visit my website. It's www.kimberlytrowbridge.com. I have a new notes section, which is a blog post area. And I have lots of new blog posts if you haven't visited yet. And I look forward to being here again with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm. you.